podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hello everyone, good afternoon, good morning or good evening, wherever you are listening to today's LinkedIn Live. My name is Naishad Gadani and I am the founder of Your Career Down Under and also the co-founder and co-creator of uh, Career Care Package. Now this is our 67th episode. We are in 15th week of doing this LinkedIn Live and also that goes on Facebook Live uh, for last... Um, three and a half months now and it's been great and we love to bring stories uh you know of career change career reinvention career growth different perspectives on career and we are going to examine a very unique perspective today again uh, with our guest sarah taylor but before i invite sarah for those who, if you're if you're tuning in for the first time or someone said that uuh, you know pressured you to go and look for or watch this Naisha and Caroline's, uh, you know, LinkedIn live. So I'll tell you in a brief what we do. Uh, we bring you, you know, hope and optimism in this dark or unprecedented times uh, right now. We have, you know, typical, you know, especially in Australia, we are seeing absolute carnage in terms of unemployment. Uh, we have seen Op Qantas is going to share some more jobs uh, just today. We heard so. We feel for the Qantas employees who will be affected uh, today or in next few days. And that is our intention here is to provide a bit of guidance, a bit of support and, and a huge dose of inspiration uh, to you in these unprecedented times. So if you've, you know, if you're tuning in for the first time, you're always welcome to ask a question. Tell us what do you want to hear from us? If you want a specific guest to come on the show, except Barack Obama, I don't know whether he's <laughs> or not. But yeah, that's right. You know, except them, I think we can reach out to most of them because okay. we are part of the second degree connection for most of them. Uh, you know, and uh, and yeah, so it would be fantastic to 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 get some feedback. But before we invite Sarah, I want to welcome the co-creator of the show, Caroline Brown. Thanks, Nash. I thought you might have forgotten my name for a second there. <laughs> 67 shows. It's it's funny. It, it's been an amazing, we've met some amazing people um, along the way. And the idea is we give different perspectives. So one, one guest may not resonate with you and their experience, but another might. And so we've met all sorts of wonderful people. And today, absolutely delighted to have Sarah Taylor join us. Um, Sarah, we got um, introduced to you by Melanie, who... Um, yes. We had on the show yesterday, and she sent us these bios of people, and and yours really absolutely leapt out at Nation I because of I guess the transformation that was described, going from being um, overweight at forty, um, and you know, um, getting into bodybuilding and winning not just getting into bodybuilding but winning championships along the way. 
And um, also, you know, I'm just suspecting that sort of translated into your professional life as well with um, the work that you do in turning around um, organisations and um, startups and, and coaching. So we really wanted to have a chat with you around the link between, or just starting at a, as a starting point, the link between your physical transformation and your career transformation um, and, and unpack, you know, um, what you did along the way. But, yeah, I guess a great place to start would be just perhaps to get you to introduce yourself to our audience and um, then we've got some really meaty questions for you. Right, okay. Well, thank you, firstly, thank you very much for having me. Um, I'm really delighted to be here. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I love... I just love helping people sort of with their health and, and their businesses as well. It's just something that I'm very passionate about. Um, and yes, using my, my story can actually illustrate a number of points really, really well. So just to give you a bit of background and, and for the listeners, um, as, as Carolyn said, at 40, I was classified as obese. And then I went on to lose 25 kilos without dieting uh, whilst I was getting fit to climb a mountain. Uh, I subsequently lapsed into depression um, and used my fitness as a way to pull myself out of it, accidentally getting even fitter in the process. And then I made the snap decision to compete in a bodybuilding competition after I did a photo shoot to reward myself for not quitting. And I won literally just 10 weeks later after that, making that decision, I um, won the state novice figure champion and then subsequently went on to win 21 world bodybuilding titles by age of 49. So I got into bodybuilding at 42 and by 49 I'm 21 times world champion. And then not only that but I guess through that whole sort of transformation and I, I, it's only really sort of I guess hit me in the last couple of years I suppose that the, having got into the bodybuilding I have taken I guess the sort of the lessons and the discipline from that bodybuilding and it's translated back into my career it really didn't occur to me for a while and then all of a sudden I sort of kind of look back on where I've gone in my career in the last sort of six to eight years and it's literally just sort of gone um, I'm trying to you know, it's sort of gone from here right to the top and it's been a much more I guess structured and deliberate process than my previous entire career. I mean, I've been in IT for 25 years and I've done every single hands-on technical role um, mm. in terms of like, developing programming, database programming, all, all of that. I've done every business-related um, IT role and every agile, which is a particular methodology. I've done every agile role. But it's only really, I suppose, in the last eight years, once I did this whole bodybuilding transformation, that I've have also done this career transformation. And like I say, it didn't really occur to me <laughs> for a while, but all of a sudden I'm going, wow, that's, that's interesting. So this whole link between, I guess, my health has translated totally into my career as well. Mm, it's amazing. We had recently or earlier on, um, I guess, Laura Waters, who actually trekked across New Zealand, like that was her physical journey um, it was a five-month trek and she was sort of experiencing anxiety and depression um, in many different ways before she um, took that journey. What do you think it is about, is it, well, what did bodybuilding, I mean, 21 at championships to start off with, that's bloody amazing, but, but about bodybuilding, like is, was it something about that particular sport or what, how, how oh. would that help? Gosh, no, I mean, it's it's. A it's a complete accident. I mean, I, I love high altitude trekking. I've done 30 day treks in the Himalayas before. So that, I guess being, 
when I've always been sporty and active my whole life, and my whole self-identity and sense, sense of self-esteem and self-worth was tied up with being the fit person. Mm. It's who I it's who I am. And so being labeled as a beast, it just it just it basically just sort of tore open my sense of identity. I literally had no idea who I was. Mm -hmm. And I guess being newly single out of a relationship and 40 and all of a sudden I'm 45 in front of me, so who's going to love me ever again kind of thing. I was just, mm -hmm. I was just lost, completely lost, you know, emotionally, personally, and just in my life. And my actual decision, yeah, I realized that if I didn't have my health, I had nothing, first of all. And that's mm -hmm. really a cool decision. So I returned to my love of high altitude tracking and decided to go and climb a mountain. So that's what sparked the transformation. It was never about weight loss. It was mm. about finding who I was. It was reestablishing my identity. Mm. Um, and like I say, I, I lost all the weight just by getting fit. And, and what I did in terms of my diet, I didn't go on a diet, like I said, but I started really paying attention to the foods I was eating and how it made me feel. And I gradually started putting these these habits and routines in place that allowed me to identify, I guess, if the food I was eating was giving me energy or not giving me energy for, for what I happened to be doing at the time. Mm. Okay. And I've allowed, I've, it's become very intuitive. So I've allowed that to steer me. So I'm always fueling myself for the activities I'm doing. And when I got into the bodybuilding, like I say, it was a total accident. It was a throwaway comment by this photographer who said, are you doing the show? And I was like, well, I have, no idea what you're talking about <laughs> but um, I mean <laughs> but I went along to the show and freaked out completely at all these ginormous huge chocolate covered muscly women with sparkly bikinis and fake nails it just totally freaked me out I broke out in this rash all over my body and then I talked to my trainer the next day and said do you think I could do this bodybuilding thing and he was like once he'd stopped jumping around the gym in sheer joy he just said yes. So that was it. It, it, was, it was just it was just a given. I mean, I love the physical challenge anyway. Like I say, I've always been sporty and active. And this was so unexpected, so out of left field. Um, I was just like, oh, why not? Let's give it a go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now you look like you're about to ask something. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just checking comments now. I, oh, you know, okay. Maybe if you continue, then I'll, I'll read the I think we've got mail who's watching it and a few other people who are watching it. So as, as I've said, even previous, if you got any questions for for Sarah, including how to be, uh, you know, if you, because I, I think there is there is a huge connection. I think Laura is something that I think I was also going to mention about the, you know, the the physical transformation or the the endurance and the pain that, uh, that she put her through, put herself through actually changed everything about about her and i think i think I, I really like that that view is that i think you know the change or transformation can happen anytime uh yeah. you know and 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 i think it can happen for from any perspective i think we got to be ready i think we can't you know one of one of the things is that you know look i'll i'll sit here in next 5 days i'll transform my career or you know you know seven days to transform your career or seven days to do yeah. that i don't think so that really works yeah. it it requires um you know i think first it starts with the 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 desire and the the pull to you know to to make to affect a change yeah. and then it you know it kind of slowly uh you know forwards if i can i've just got a question from someone um so I understand that the exercising does make one happy and takes up a lot of stress. I don't 
uh, I've not done it, so I can't. <laughs> uh, does your weight before bodybuilding holding you down? Um, or, yes. yeah, so if you want to answer that question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it was. It was. It affected my entire level of self-confidence and self-esteem. You know, and I really kind of caved in on myself and became very, very introvert because I had I had no confidence. I didn't like who I was. I didn't know who I was. This wasn't me. I was the fit chick. So I've been told I was I was definitely not the fit chick. It, I, I just sort of kind of caved in. So it, it affected my whole life because I had I had no confidence. So and of course, then that translates into your job because then you don't speak up in your job. You don't um, you, you you become reactive rather than proactive. Um, you know, so, you know, I really was just treading water in my job. I was going at that stage, I was doing a lot of business analysis. So I was just going from business analyst role to business analyst role. There was no, there was no, I guess there was no sense of direction or, or purpose or progression because I really didn't, I didn't, I didn't love myself quite. The simple thing is I didn't love myself and I didn't know who I was. So yes, the way absolutely affected my entire life. And then once I lost it, um, you know, the process of going through the weight loss and getting fit to climb the mountain and, and the bodybuilding, of course, you know, I, it really, it, it just is a process. It's doing something every single day. Consistent, consistency is the key. So if you want some top tips, here's some top tips. Accountability is incredibly important. Consistency, incredibly important. You have to do something if you've set a goal, you've got to do something every single day. And it's the little things that count. Doing something is always better than doing nothing. Okay. Um, that's very, very key. So those are two very, very critical things. Um, setting a goal gives you the direction. You know, if you, if you, if you don't have a goal, you, you have no direction. And if you don't know where you're going, how do you know when you've got there? Um, so having the goal of the mountain gave me the direction. And then literally I had to break this big, hairy goal because, again, like, like with changing a career, you don't just – I'm going to change a career. You don't just do that. It's a plan. It's like, yes, I want to go from here to here. So then what you have to do is then you have to kind of pull it back into smaller and smaller chunks that gives you the path that you need to follow. So if I wanted to climb the mountain, I obviously needed to get fit to climb the mountain. So how am I going to get fit to climb the mountain? Well, I need to go to the gym and do some exercise. Okay, so what exercise am I going to do that's best for climbing? Do you see how it, that train of thought kicks in? It's mm. the same thing with your, with your career. If you're here and you want to go over there, are there any extra skills you're going to need? If so, is there a course you need to take? If so, go and Google the courses. Find, do your research. You know, get yourself onto the course, upskill yourself so that you're ready to go into that career. Does that make mm. sense? I mean, mm. my career really has just been, like I say, it's been a happy accident all the way through until the last probably about eight years. You know, I, I was like, I started as a, I got into IT by accident because I could just, oh, look, I could do that. Um, and then, you know, I did development work and I'd, I'd literally just go, oh, I'll do that job because, oh, I haven't done that language. That sounds cool. Oh, I haven't done that, but I'll do that. That sounds cool. And I've, made a career pretty much of talking myself into jobs that I've never done before um, because I'm so good at the interview process and applying for jobs. I love the whole process. To me, it's a game. Um, but like I say, that weight, going back to that question with the weight, yes, it absolutely affected everything because I was just treading water. Can I ask you something about the goal? So sometimes I think if you've got a really big goal, it, it 
you get a sense of satisfaction you, you've got this goal and then it seems too big yeah. so and and you you know you can always see that it's you're miles off the peak for example what are your tips on on goal setting should you go for the big goal do you think Absolutely. as a starting point yeah. or should you just start with the the first steps well, you have to know what the big goal is so that you can identify what the first step is. And mm. I'll, give you a very, I'll give you a very, very good example of, I mean, and this is really how I got to be the 21 times world, world champion. After I went through depression and pulled myself out of the depression and, and got into the bodybuilding, probably for about the whole six or seven previous years, I'd had ongoing injuries just from doing sport my whole life. So my body really wasn't, it wasn't in a stable enough a situation to do the bodybuilding so the bodybuilding tipped me over the edge so so having pulled myself out of it if you like an emotional and mental breakdown I then tipped over into a complete physical breakdown at 43 mm -hmm. so I had double shoulder surgery I had torn tendons in every every limb I had you know crumbling crumbling hips and torn cartilage in all of my in all of my um, joints as well I literally couldn't pick up a teaspoon and mm -hmm. the doctor sort of basically threatened me with not being able to do anything ever again and double hitch surgery now, it was at this particular point when I was sitting outside the gym with my trainer in tears explaining I had to quit this sport that I'd just felt fallen in love with. And he said something remarkable. He said, to, you know, Sarah, you've got, he says, you've got the strength, you've got the shape, you've got the symmetry. You sure as hell have got the mental toughness. If we can get your body right, I will make you world champion. Mm. Now, that was such an utterly ludicrous statement for a, this 28-year-old guy to make to a broken-down 43-year-old, um, you know, it's just so astronomically dumb or, you know, mm. I don't, you know how's this going to ever happen? Mm. I, actually, I actually went for it. I went, that's the, the most stupid thing I've ever heard. It's a big, hairy, audacious goal. And if I'd looked at it at World, and I did, you know, I looked at it like, World Champion, oh, my God, I look, I'm sitting here with an arm in a sling. I've just had double shoulders. So how on earth am I going to be World Champion? Mm. But once that direction was set, that was it, you know, mm. and this is where the accountability comes in. You know, mm. he had the belief in me that I didn't have in myself. Mm. And he was the one who had set the direction and kept me in that direction. So, yes, mm. we wandered all over the place. I had meltdowns and breakdowns and I was like, oh, I'm bored <laughs> of this now. You know, so, so you know, that's the, thing. the journey to your goal is never a straight line. There's mm. going to be obstacles and, and rocks in the road. And that's where having somebody with you on the journey is critical because they're the ones who can remove the rocks. Mm. Okay. So my trainer is critical in this process. Like I say, not only was he the one who set this astronomically staggeringly huge goal that I went for it. And then it was, it was like, okay, how do we do this? Well, the first thing is I can't even pick up a teaspoon. How the hell am I going to be a world bodybuilding champion? I can't pick up a teaspoon. Mm. First thing I need to do is figure out how I'm going to be, get my body right to pick up a teaspoon. So I literally mm. had to, you know, I had a whole year in rehab and I literally had to rebuild my body from the ground. I literally had to learn how to stand on my feet mm. properly. It took a whole year, but I've wow. been uninjured ever since. So that was the first step was get my body fixed up to the point where I can pick up a teaspoon <laughs> and then I can progress to picking up the little weights and then the bigger weights and then the bigger and bigger weights and then I can put on some muscle and then I can compete again. Do you see how it follows? I had to mm. have that big, hairy, audacious goal in order to identify the first step. Mm. And somebody that planted the, the goal, like absolutely yeah. believed in you when you at a time yeah. where you didn't believe in yourself. That's right. so, yeah. so the support, I had the mm. support. You see, this is where a lot of people do struggle with goals as well. And 
you know, particularly people like they might want to lose weight or they might want to change careers. Your social circle is going to be very critical to this because a lot of a lot of people might get pushed back from um, their peers. Mm. You know, you might have this high flying corporate job and then decide that you're going to run your own business. And it might be as a photographer. You're going to get people who are threatened by your change or your desire to change because it, it brings out some of their own stuff and they'll push back on you and go, oh, you're crazy. Why would you do that? You'll never make it. You'll never succeed. You know, what, how are you going to pay your bills and your mortgage? You know, they'll play mm. on your fingers. So your support network is absolutely crucial. Um, and like I say, my, my parents, actually, when I told them I got into the bodybuilding, they refused to speak to me. Wow. Oh my God. So I literally had nobody except yeah. my trainer and he became yeah. my absolute rock. Wow. Yeah, we got a question, you know, Sarah, on your question from David. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, motivation and how to get started is the question. He's out of work and feels um, lost because obviously work, you know, we equate work with identity. Uh, you know, it's much deeper than just nine to five work. That's right. Where does he start? What What would you say? Even not knowing what David, uh, you know, you know, vocational interest or anything else. Uh, but where do you think people should start who have lost jobs? You know, during this crisis, and are struggling to really, you know, get hold of their identity. Where do you think people should start with? Well, the first place, the first place I would start is did I actually like the job I was doing before anyway? Did I like it? You know, did I like my career? Like you say, because we identify so much with our careers, we spend so much time in our jobs. If we don't like it, it's, it's going to impact your health and, and well-being anyway. So, and what I found in this whole, this whole sort of COVID-19 is it's been given me a huge opportunity. I think this whole thing is a massive opportunity for everybody to really reassess where they're at. You know, this is the thing, we, we, we get onto this treadmill, it's like you, you, partly driven by sort of, you know, family, society, culture, peers, that thing. You know, you get up, you, you grow up, you get to go to school, you get a good, good grade, you get a degree, you get a job, you know, that kind of stuff. And a lot of us don't really think or plan our, uh, our careers. I'm certainly one of them. Um, and it's, again, it's only really now in the last eight years with, I guess, with the discipline I had from the bodybuilding, um, I translated that into my career. So I really started looking at the roles I was doing or the roles I had done to that point. What did I like about them? What didn't I like about them? What companies that I'd worked for did I like? Did I like the bigger ones, the medium ones, the small ones? What were the aspects of all of the jobs I did that I really, really liked? Um, and then what were the aspects of jobs that I really didn't like? So I really... I'm, I'm a huge number geek, numbers geek and, you know, I'm a bit of a spreadsheet fan. So, so I did. I spreadsheeted it. What do I like? What do I don't like? Um, what do I want to do next? And I, I literally just documented all of this. So that's definitely a place to start is reassess your entire career up to this date and really figure out what it is that you, you do enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing and what you're not prepared to do in a new job. Um, yeah, that would be a good starting yeah. point. Yeah, I, I think uh, KB. Before you ask the question, and then we've got another question also. But I think, I think the the power of finding not so much a trainer or a coach, but sometimes I think the power of finding somebody who 
is kind of a peer or a colleague like a buddy uh, yep. somebody who Absolutely. can kind of oh. hold your space for you yeah mentorship is very very important yeah. again yeah. i mean i i've through my career i've never had a mentor i've kind of figured it all out by myself but like I say again with the bodybuilding having had a coach i i've realized I mean, I've had trainers, you know, I've done sort of all sorts of courses and things just for my own uh, own fun kind of thing. So, yes, I've been to training courses, a lot of things. But having had a coach who will work with you towards a specific goal, that that was that was a game changer for me. So, yes, there's, there's lots of business coaches out there. There's lots of career coaches out there. And I do highly recommend if you're in that transition space and you're really a bit confused what to do, I would highly recommend that you seek out a mentor. It could be somebody that you're working with already who you really respect. It could be um, a friend who's in another industry potentially who's got to where you want to go, but find out somebody who's kind of where you want to be or has done what you want to do and just seek them out and ask the question, will you mentor me? Now, I'm, I'm a mentor for RMIT graduates. So I'm a mentor for Business and Heels and Vic ICT. So I mentor women in STEM industries because I'm really passionate about helping women in STEM industries. I never had that. I figured out being a success in a male-dominated industry by myself. But I realized the power of having that, that mentor because, because when you're going through a lot of stress and anxiety and fear and uncertainty, like we are now, you're not able to think as clearly as you might otherwise be. So having that, that third party, that person who's kind of outside your immediate situation, they can provide you with insights that you, you might not be able to get to yourself because you're so involved in the day-to-day. -day. So having that objective opinion, that sort of calm, rational, logical kind of opinion is very, very important. So I do, I do recommend you, you seek out a mentor or a coach of some description. I want to ask you the question again, because you know, we sort of touched on habits and the building blocks and things yeah. like that. What does your day look like when you're both working and training? What, what, what does it look like? Right, get up, get up at half past five, eat breakfast, go train, get to work, eat breakfast, eat, sorry, eat second breakfast, work, eat lunch, work, eat snack, work, go home, eat, sleep. Okay. Same, time, every, same thing every single day. Routine. Yeah. Routine yeah. is very, very critical. Um, in a, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to sort of achieve a goal, establishing routines and structures that allows you to kind of, it kind of free, frees up your thinking time as well. You've, if you've mm. established these structures um, that really make your time incredibly efficient and effective, um, will be a massive, massive help. And I, I, everything I do now is time box. Again, it's the discipline from the bodybuilding that's mm. kind of forced me to do that. Because when I started doing it, um, I'd find that all of a sudden I was hungry or I'd have no food. So it's like, okay, damn, got no food. What shall I eat? I need to eat to grow. So I mm. developed what's known as athlete thinking. And athlete thinking is always being fueled appropriately for the job you're doing or, or the activities you're doing. So then I started, started time boxing on my, my food. And I started block booking times in my calendar actually at work. Not because I knew when I needed to eat, but it's basically to train everybody around me that this is important to me and this touches on boundaries as well. I established boundaries and I enforced them. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people experience a lot of stress at work because they're not able to enforce boundaries. But this is exactly what I did. And this is this is how I have no stress. You know, mm. I, I, I've, I work nine to five, have done for a crikey the last 20 years. 
but I make sure I get my work done within my, that nine to five frame. So I become mm. incredibly productive within the time I'm at work so that, you know, there's never any work left undone. Mm. And I do it by this time boxing. So I do emails at certain times of days. I have my times when I eat. Um, and then if meetings are not at a time that suits me, I'll push it back and pro propose another time. Mm. So I, I make an absolute point of taking responsibility for my time at work. Mm -hmm. um, and I take responsibility for all of my actions. So like I say, with my food, I'm, I make a point of preparing food for the whole week. I plan and prepare my food for a whole week so that I've always got some what, what I need to fuel myself for whatever I'm doing. And even mm -hmm. though I'm working a full-time job, I'm also coaching outside. You know, I do coaching on the side. Um, but I'm always, I'm able to handle that load. And this is another thing I found, it, and this has probably helped with me with my career growth as well. I started finding that I was able to take on more and more workload and handle it easily. It's, mm. it's kind of like I found a bonus level of, I don't know, I call myself superhuman or, you know, high perform. <laughs> I call myself a high performance person because mm. I'm able to take on a staggering workload in and out of work. I mean, as in my, my current role, I juggle about six hats mm. and I just do it mm. because it's all, it's all because everything's so structured. I have everything very structured mm -hmm. and disciplined. And do you find, oh, sorry, Nash, you're about to say something. Uh, no, no, we've yeah. got a question uh, that whether, um, you know, Sarah used any NLP sessions or did you take any? I'm an NLP coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, years, you... and years ago, just, just for my own fun, um, yeah. I, became, I became a fully qualified NLP coach <laughs> just because I can. You know, mm. it, was, it was my fun thing. Um, mm. But now I'm finding it, obviously, when I'm coaching other people, it's incredibly useful. Um, it's been it's been transformative in the way I communicate and how I am at work in terms of an influence or an authority position. It's been mm. very, very useful. And also, particularly when I was going through depression, I had those skills. That's partly why I was able to sort of pull myself out of it unaided and unmedicated because I had those tools available to me. I didn't mm. use them particularly well. <laughs> you know but but even through this this whole COVID-19 thing as well I've thoroughly enjoyed this time off yes I've had you know we all have up and up days and down days I've had plenty of my own but by and large I've been able to pull myself along through it because I've got these mental tools mm. and probably like an inner confidence that you know you'll bounce back I wanted to ask you a question about competing on stage um and how hard is that to Put yourself up there to be to be judged um, in that way. Well, do you know? I, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't. I, I find it incredible. It's kind of weird. I find it incredibly easy, but it, it's probably the hardest sport in the world. But I found it incredibly easy compared to an awful lot of people because because I'd already done my I guess weight loss transformation. I had these, like I say, these habits and these routines and these structures in place. When mm. I got to the bodybuilding, it's like it's just the same. Mm. I'm just lifting heavy weights instead of going up and down 36 flights of an office office block four times a day to get fit to climb a mountain. It was just mm. different sorts of exercise, but I had my structures in place. So in terms of that aspect, it was it was incredibly easy. Um, but getting on the stage, 
Yeah, the first time I stepped on stage, and this is why I kept going, because I absolutely loved it. But although I'm up there against other competitors, so in theory I'm competing against other competitors, really I'm competing against myself. Mm. Um, I'm always striving to make myself better, to be better myself. Mm. And I'm always working on um, things to do with my physique or my, my posing, my stage presence to make myself better. Mm. And it's that continual... I guess, check-in and review and improvement, continuous improvement that's made me so, why I'm so good. Mm. Fantastic. Nash, you've got a couple of other questions. Yes, yes. Yeah. we got we got a uh, comment that as John Maxwell says, motivation keeps you going and discipline keeps you growing. So greatly explained by Sarah. Um, we got a question from Shikha. The question is around. I think you you started to explain the the you know reverse planning. If you want to achieve something, you kind of reverse engineer that or reverse plan that. Her question is about how can you construct your plan sheet or you know your work plan and implement them. If you can give an example kind of a thing, uh, you know, so that people can relate to that, uh, you know. How did you plan your uh, worksheet, uh, your plan, and implemented it? What are some of the tips on people doing that? And specifically, it also comes from, uh, you know, you know, people who are in career, uh, you know, or who are looking for work, or who want to grow career. What are your tips on on reverse engineering the plan? Okay, um, there's a, I mean, there's a number of ways of doing this. There's, there's lots of different methods out there. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I was saying this to somebody else. When you're, when you're setting out on a big, hairy, audacious goal and you look at it all in one thing and it can become very overwhelming, it's, it's, there's, there's a joke, I'm you sure you've all heard of it, you know, which is how do you eat an elephant? Yeah. <laughs> one bite at a time. Okay. You know, there's another one. The journey of you know, 10,000 miles starts with the first step, that kind of stuff. Now, when you've got your big, hairy, audacious goal, Set a time frame on it. This is why goals with a time frame on it are very, very, are much more achievable because it's like it puts a hard deadline. Human beings in general, we're not very good when we don't have a deadline. I'm sure, I'm sure many of you out there have experienced like it's like, yeah, oh, I've got three minutes to my exam. Yeah, no problem. Oh, it's tomorrow. Help. <laughs> All of a sudden you've got this hard deadline, so it focuses you. Focus. Okay. So if you've got this big hairy audacious goal, your attention will be over here and over there and stuff like that. Um, so break it down, bring it backwards. So it's like, if I want to be here in 12 months, where do I need to be in six months? Where do I need to be in three months? Huh. Where do I need to be uh, in a week? Okay, so what do I need to do every day? So break it down into, into more and more granular, granular chunks because it's the small things that add up to the whole. It's like, it's like building a house. You don't start with the roof. You've got to start with the first brick and then you've got to put the next brick and the next, do you see? So... Yeah. You look at your whole house plans. Gosh, look, that's an amazing house. Brilliant. It's going to take me a year to build it. Brilliant. Huh. Now what do I do? Well, you've got to start with the foundations. So you, you, it's like, okay, so if we want this house done in, in a year, in six months' time, we need to have all the walls up. We need to have the frames. You, you break it down and you pull it backwards. Yeah? So you, you, what, you, you throw, a, 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 um, I guess, more of a, a more focused lens onto what it is you need to do mm, that makes sense. okay right. and, and then you just need to get yep. into a cadence cadence is huge um being being agile in the software industry cadence is huge so so at work we have a daily 
we have a daily check-in, we have weekly routines, we have fortnightly routines, we have three monthly routines, we have annual routines. So you've, we've got, always got stage gates. We always know where we're going and we've always got these stage gates. So create the stage gates, start with the big, break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down until you get to what is it I need to do today. And then you go and do that. <laughs> I hope hopefully that answers your uh, question, um, you know, Shikha. Uh, you know, I think, yeah, that's right. I think um, Amit says that it's called big, hairy, audacious, goal, audacious breaking goal, yeah. it down. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different methods, but they all fundamentally do the same thing. They start with the big and then they get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you've got it to, to um, pretty much what you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, Mel yeah. teaches something like this as well. For She, she teaches um, yeah. people how to make promotion plans, you know, if they're going to promote a product or a service. And it's, it's usually set over 12 weeks. You know, so there'll be, here's, here's the product or something I want to launch in 12 weeks. What do I need to do? Yeah, that week, that week, that week, that, you know, you break it down. Mm. Question from uh, Riddy, um, which um, I think is really interesting, something I, I struggle with. Um, how to be consistent in exercise and how to develop the exercise habit. Because um, I know for myself, I start, like, I guess maybe I don't have an overall goal, maybe that's number one, but I start an exercise habit and after about four or five weeks, it drops off and I, I guess that's a, maybe an accountability thing. But, yeah, it's a great question around how do you develop that as as a regular habit and, and keep at it. Yeah, um, it is a great question and... It's one that I get a lot. And it really, fundamentally, it comes down to your motivation and the type of motivation. There's two types of motivation. There's external motivation and internal motivation. External motivation is when you're motivated by a reward or to get away from a pain point. Mm. Internal motivation is when you're doing the thing for the sheer love of doing the thing. Now, if you're motivated externally towards a reward, you know, once you've got that reward, the motivation's gone. It's like, oh, I've got the reward. Hmm. Um, if you're motivated externally to get away from something, it's like, I don't want, I don't want this. You know, weight loss is a classic. Don't want to be fat. Hmm. Second, you're not fat, motivation's gone. Oh, I'm not fat, thank God for that. Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> classic. Yo-Yo hmm. diet, she's absolute classic because her motivation is don't want to be fat. Hmm. Second, she's not fat, it stops, okay? Um, now, if I was motivated for the bodybuilding going, I want to be world champion, I'd have stopped when I was just one time world champion. Mm. <laughs> but my motivation came from bit within. It was something bigger than the actual goal, if you like. It was most people who succeed in a goal and are able to stay the course, particularly people who do significant weight loss transformations, it's because it comes from an internal motivation. For example, they might want to be a great role model for their kids. Mm -hmm. Me was my motivation came from within it was it was like i didn't know who i was mm. I, I needed to find myself again it was all about mm. self-love really and, and finding who i was um and then because i love you know i love the sensation and the i love the the power that i feel by being strong and fit and mm. healthy i mm. love that sensation so much i just want to keep it going mm. so that's motivation right there to get up at half past five, five in the morning on the freezing cold day in Melbourne and then cycle through the rain and lift some blooming heavy weights. Because mm. I love the, the feeling of the power that it gives me. I wanted to 
Yeah, ask you around just again, you know, that feeling and that power. Um, we're talking about having boundaries and, you know, structure means that you have boundaries with times for your day. So, and particularly as a, a female, as we're notorious people pleasers. Um, so does that physical sense of physical well-being and physical power help you um, implement and, and your boundaries and, and actually say no to people? Does that give you that sort of body yep. confidence, gives you that um, emotional or psychological confidence as yes. well? Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. Uh, I guess once I'd, yeah, having, having I guess, re-established my sense of identity and my self-confidence and my belief in myself, mm. that then allowed me to, um, I guess, decide that I, well, uh, another decision was the fact that I was going to take full responsibility for everything I do. I was going to take control of my time. And there's a very good exercise that I, I get um, some of my clients to do, and it's called sphere of control. Mm -hmm. So you, you can get three bits of paper or get a note, notebook and, on three pages. Um, you write three things. So the first one is total control. You write total control. That's the title. The second one is some control. That's another title. The third one is no control. And literally in each of those, those categories, you write down every aspect of your life that you have total control over, every aspect of your life you've got some control over and every aspect of your life you have no control over. Um, this is also a stress management thing because the stuff you have no control over, don't stress about it, okay? Worry about what you can control, what you can control, and don't stress about the rest. But then the stuff that's in total control, brilliant, control it. Now, your time at work could be in the some control column, but you do have some control over it. If, you've, if you want to take steps towards the sort of uh, greater health, particularly in your work, and make sure that you're you're fully energized and functioning well at work. You've got to be able to you've got to be able to get your diet and nutrition right to help you be fueled for your work. Mm. Now, book a lunchtime. Make sure you always have some time off at lunch and not be at your desk. There's a boundary. Put it in right now. Block it in your calendar. A time of the day when you're not at your desk and you're going to have a proper meal. Now, if somebody books a, a half past 12 meeting, push back on it. Hmm. I'm eating at half past 12 to one o'clock. That's my lunch hour. I'm entitled to it. It's important to me so that I'm then fueled appropriately for the afternoon and I can be pr more productive in the afternoon because I'm not falling asleep because I haven't eaten. Hmm. It feeds into itself. So this is, these are these, what I'm talking about when I'm talking about boundaries. Hmm. So this sphere of control exercise can be very, very enlightening for a lot of people. I've, I've done it a couple of, with a couple of my um, mentees, actually, um, and some of the other career, men, uh, the career mentees as well. Um, because, you know, one of, one of them, she particularly was struggling at work with boundaries because she, she basically just said yes to everything. And I'm like, you have to start saying no. Here's how. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you don't have to be nasty about it. That's the thing. I've never I've never been I've never sort of made a point of it. I've I've just gone on done it. People mm. don't you know, once people might go, mm, well, that's a bit, but they won't question it. If you keep doing it, repeat it again, consistency. If you keep doing mm. it, people will stop questioning it. They'll just go, Oh, that's just Sarah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Respect she gets the boundary. Respect <laughs> yeah. the boundary. No, it's like she gets her work done anyway, there's no problem. Mm. I I think the idea, I really like that idea of you know, the total control, somewhat control and no control. And yeah. if I can, you know, sort of 
you know bring it back to the to the the question that a lot of our listeners or uh, you know the watchers as i say you know might have around job search you know because you know when you're looking for work you know there are just absolutely things are beyond your control whether the recruiter will ever receive will ever get back to you or recruiter will ever require <laughs> your emails right those are the those are the things that you know me and kb get used to ask every day that why they don't reply and our answer is i don't know honestly i have no clue why would right. people not respond to other people there might be 10 million reasons and i have got no clue but i think it is it is very important for us to one because i think it also liberates you that since i don't have a control over it let's just just focus on the things that i can actually Let affect that's just right can we get into job stuff because i love i love job again I, again i've got a process in fact actually i developed this process um gosh many many years ago and it's again it's super focused it's super disciplined it's super structured and I, again i had no idea um gosh it was probably about 15 years ago i was looking for another job and i, I just went through my pr usual process and it, the 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 relationship i was in at the time my partner just sort of said to me he just looked at me and, an absolute astonishment he went i have never seen anybody apply for jobs like you do he said that that's a military operation <laughs> what yeah. do you mean and then i looked at it and it is and it's literally it, it's it's a military operation so it's like i go through the job boards and i highlight every job that i'm going to apply for then i go through every single job and i apply for every single job but i tailor my resume and my cover letter and i always send a cover letter and i always um tailor it exactly to every single point in the job description so every job description is unique i know that sounds like a lot of hard work um but you can again once you've done it a couple of times you start getting into a role and then i bung out all of the the resumes um usually at night then between half past 10 and half past 11 the following day i'm on the phone every single one of those jobs i'm on the phone getting through to the agents and spreadsheets all in the spreadsheet and and i'm selling themselves so that i'm my resume is at the top of the pile they've put a voice to it, a name and i've sold myself into the job already mm -hmm. and then if i can't get through to them they get a phone call the next day if i can't get through to them they get a phone call the next day if i haven't heard from them for two days when they promised to put me forward they get a phone call <laughs> i Badger the shit out of them. Excuse yeah. me, French, but yeah. yeah, there's no getting away from me. When I've decided to apply for jobs, I'm, getting away from you me. I'm in yeah. your face, and that's yeah. and it, and I've I've turned it into a kind of game. I love it. I love job applying for jobs. To me, it's a, it's a challenge kind of thing. And again, I'm trying to beat myself. Like mm -hmm. I say, I've 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 talked my ways into interviews in jobs that I've never done. Particularly when I was mm -hmm. doing development, you know, I talked my way into a C sharp ASP .net job. I've never done those. Mm -hmm. whatever doesn't matter i'm going to apply for it anyway mm -hmm. and this is where uh, where a lot of women go wrong as well um they'll see a job description with all of the, the responsibilities and skills and stuff and if they don't tick off every single one they won't apply mm -hmm. do it anyway mm. yeah but there's I'd a say, lot of research uh, around that isn't it yes yeah. men do i don't know men will apply for jobs. I mean, now that I'm, and i've done a lot of recruiting as well so i've put yeah. job, jobs out and I have specific filter questions to, you know, make sure I don't get the tire kickers. Um, sorry, folks, but, <laughs> you know, I get people who are not appropriate. And I still get people applying for the job and they've gone no to every one of my filter questions. Why? Mm. Don't do it. It's a waste mm. of your time. It's a waste of my time. And, and, and recruiters who are busy do not appreciate having their time wasted. 
I had a very, very good lesson in my very first job out of university after my master's degree. Uh, England was in a recession at the time. And there were I was in a part of England where IT wasn't a big thing, so there weren't many jobs. I, I was up against like something like 300 other graduates. And I got the interview. And then when I got the job, the guy said to me, that's the best um, the best application I have ever seen. And he said, he says, here's how I look at a job application. You've got 10, second, 10 seconds on your cover letter. If I see what I want in the cover letter, I go to your resume. If I can't see what I want in 20 seconds on your resume, that's it. Forget it. Done. Mm. Mm. I have applied that 30 second rules to my entire career. Mm. And my resume, even after 25 years, is still only three and a half pages long. Mm. And I interview, I, I, you know, I interview people who've only been working five years and they've got 25 page resumes. Cut it down. Cut it down. Mm. Do mm. not waste the recruiter's time. They are very, very busy. Apply the 30 second rule mm. and answer every single point in a, in a job description. If, mm. if you can, and if you don't have that particular skill, highlight how you've got other skills that are applicable to the role. Mm. Fantastic. Excellent. Follow up like a demon. <laughs> I think everyone will be um, too scared not to now, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry. No, we don't. We, right. we don't have. Uh, we don't have any more question. I think we are, you know, obviously very coming to a last. Thing. But anything, Sarah, anything else you want to leave our listeners with? Because I, it looks like that we can continue to talk, um, you know, at least for a few next few hours. But uh, obviously you have to train and I have to, uh, you know, sit down with that. my kids to do their <laughs> homework. But, um, you know, but, but tell, you know, are there anything other, you know, that you can, you know, leave, uh, you know, people with that can help them in their careers and jobs? Identify what's important because... When something's important to you, that's why you'll be prepared to spend your time on it. These, mm. these, these are your values, okay? So if something's important to you, you'll spend time doing it. This is why a lot of people, when they're sort of trying to change careers or do a new course or, you know, lose weight, whatever, they have these inconsistent results because it's not actually that important to them really. Um, so if it's important to you, you'll do it. Um, what else? And like I say, if you're wanting to change career and you're struggling with what to do, I do recommend a mentor or a coach to give you that accountability and also that objective opinion. Um, and then also they can they can probably give you a structured approach to doing the change, you know, that change as well, um, and keep you consistent. Like I say, accountability, consistency. Fantastic. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sarah Lubin. You've been absolutely fantastic. And the moment I think we Thank got you. on to uh, our first jet, you've been absolutely gracious and you have, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, really, really, you know, provided us uh, and our listeners with a lot of valuable insights into, you know, you know, into how you achieved what you have achieved. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, that uh, people will get out of it. I think we just had uh, you know, a feedback or a comment from Mel. Mel says that follow up like a demon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this is a shout out to all the job seekers. Follow up like demon. Uh, just <laughs> show their face. Uh, you know, and not, you know, look, you know, obviously you can't visit them now. Um, but I think that's a good idea. It's it's yeah. it is more about persistence more than 
more than anything else. So I think that's a yeah. you know that that's what I want to leave with. Uh, Caroline, anything you want to add to? I just want to say thanks, Sarah, for sharing um, what you've done. A completely different angle from a lot of what we talk about, and yeah. it's been absolutely fascinating to hear. Um, not only your success, but that you're human too, in in terms of where you've come from and what you've battled. And I think people can. That's it. I mean, look, you know, we're we're all human. We all have our, our sort of ups and downs and on our, our issues. And look, I'm 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 a completely ordinary person. I just happen mm. to have done a couple of very extraordinary things. Mm. You know, um, but on the back of it has come, like I say, has come this sort of. I guess this knowledge and this experience, and, and I'm, I'm all about sharing it now to help other people. Mm, fantastic. You know, that, that's, that's the path I'm on now is, is giving back and helping mm. other people. So where can people reach out to you? Do you um, via um, LinkedIn best? Or, sorry? Uh, is LinkedIn best to contact you on? Yeah, or link, LinkedIn's best. Um, my professional profile is, I think it's Sarah Taylor, Agile Champion. Yep. yep. That's probably Excellent. the best place to find me. Fantastic. Um, just a couple of reminders. Yeah, um, follow the hashtag career care package uh, if you want to get um, what's coming up, but also uh, recent shows as well. We'd love um, for you to keep in touch. Yeah. Nation and I are also interested in why you watch this show. Um, we want to get some feedback on what uh, what you find, what keeps you coming back, what you find interesting, what we could do better, and some ideas. So feel free to ping us in um, the messaging um, on LinkedIn. And if you want to get on our mailing list and get notified and never miss a topic, I will put the link in the comments. And that's it for me. We'll, we will see you all tomorrow. Thank you, everyone. And then also, you know, Mides, I think that's 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 absolutely right. We should also thank Mel because Mel is mm. the person who introduced us to Sarah. So, Mel, thank you very much. Uh, for introduction to, uh, <laughs> to Sarah, and yes, tomorrow, tomorrow we'll be back on uh, you know again, but tomorrow again will be uh, open floor question answer. So bring your tough, curly, googly question to us, and me and Caroline <laughs> will tackle that live. Uh, you know, and and you can also come, you know, and join us on two hours streamyard uh, live as well. You can ask us the question. You know, you know, right in the LinkedIn live as well. So do join in tomorrow, 3 p.m. Until that, keep safe, everyone. And there are some suburbs in Melbourne. Keep indoors, everyone. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>